I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Take a page out of other business leaders' playbooks and get candid advice from Chris Ronzio. People, processes, productivity, and how to organize your life around it all. In addition to Chris Ronzio and CMO of Trainual, Jonathan Ronzio being brothers, they're both multifaceted in their career endeavors and personal lives. Jonathan is also one of two hosts on a podcast called The Stokecast. They invited Chris on for an episode and as a result had a great conversation that fans of this show will be sure to appreciate as well. It's a well-rounded chat about their relationship as brothers, Chris's entrepreneurial journey, how he has managed type 1 diabetes since age 7, and pushing the boundaries of his personal growth. So sit back and enjoy. I am uh, here with Emily welcoming my brother Chris onto the show. What's up? What's up, bro? How you doing? Hey, everyone. I'm great. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me on. I think I've known you longer than any other guest on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Perfect. I, I Starting was, with dad jokes. I like it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there will be plenty. <laughs> I would assume that to be correct. So um, on this, I mean, obviously I know your story, but I think a, a lot of our listeners have heard me talk about, you know, things that we have done together. Um, talk about Trainual and and different, you know, all the trips out to Arizona and whatever else is going on in my life. I, I share pretty candidly here. So I think it's it's interesting to have the the other side of that story rounded out. And then also I love that Emily kind of knows a bit, but like not the full backstory. And and so it's it's kind of like it's hard to be the editor of your own film because you know where the like the story thread goes. And so in your head, you connect the dots, whereas the the viewer, the listener or whatever does not. And so that's where I think it's it's cool to have Emily here to like pull pull at the thread and connect the dots that like I would just fill in in a conversation with you anyway. So that, that gives a more well-rounded approach. <laughs> we need to have Emily on all of our calls together just to guide them. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like my nightmare. I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, welcome, Chris. I've also been excited about this one because, first of all, we have to sprinkle in some interesting, embarrassing stories about Jonathan, of course. But also, I think <laughs> they don't it's exist. just they don't. Right? Yeah, you've just been flawless your entire life. We all know. Um, <laughs> But also just because, like he said, I mean, we kind of have heard like snippets of his story with you. But I, I like that we're kind of getting this other perspective. I always think it's interesting for siblings to, especially because you guys are a few years apart, too, where you kind of ask about the same circumstances and you get like wildly different experiences a lot of the time, which is very interesting. So I'm psyched to dive in. So like we do with most folks, we kind of start with, you know, what does your world look like these days? Like, what is your not normal, but kind of like your day to day. Like, what does that look like for you right now? So day to day, as Jonathan might have shared before, it, we're, I'm running Trainual, which is an online software for policies and procedures and making the playbook 
for your business. So we've got thousands of companies and organizations using it around the world and a team of 22 now. The headquarters is in Scottsdale, Arizona, where I'm calling from. And then Jonathan is obviously flying in once or twice a month to uh, be a part of meetings here. But that's kind of what today is like. So we've we've been doing this now for just over a year and a half, and it's been a crazy growth story um, from just three of us to, um, you know, in the 20s now. And uh, we've learned a lot, but it's really just uh, hacking away at trying to build a cool startup SaaS company. Man. All right. So there's a lot there that I already want to dig into. But can we maybe go back to the beginning? I mean, like when did this entrepreneurial spirit start for you? Like when did you feel that bug, if you will, that you kind of wanted to almost have control of your own destiny, if you will? (laughs) Your your, your first business experience. I'm I'm so intrigued. (laughs) I want to hear what Jonathan thinks too, because this perspective will be fun. But the the earliest memory I have is we were visiting my aunt and uncle, our aunt and uncle, I guess, in New Jersey at their house. And one of my uncles said that he would pay me to wash his car. His car was in the driveway and he pulled out a wad of cash from his pocket and it was a small wad. He had like $4 and (laughs) he told me he'd give me the $4 if I'd go wash the car. And I knew I made this connection in my head that a Ninja Turtle action figure at that time in the 80s cost $4. And I was like, okay, one car wash equals one Ninja Turtle action figure, go. And so I started washing cars. And that that for me is like where it clicked, that I can do some kind of service or provide some sort of value and get the things that I want. And so through childhood, as Jonathan can attest to, there were always just little kid businesses like lemonade stands. But you know, instead of a regular lemonade stand it was like a lemonade concession stand on a golf course that had like 10 different flavors of lemonade and and signage and you know it was this this big operation and and um i guess it was just fun it was like just like playing any other game entrepreneurship was a game and so there was you know landscaping businesses ronzio landscaping and there was the ronzio car wash and there was selling wrapping paper and candy and i think i had a dozen business cards by the time i was 10 um but it was just kind of going around the neighborhood and and hustling and finding ways to make money but also finding ways to have cool experiences like i remember standing at the bus stop i don't know if you remember this jonathan but it was in charlotte we lived in north carolina for a brief time and our neighbor had this really cool like red corvette and i thought oh that'd be so awesome to like get inside that car and so that's where the idea for the car washing business came from. It was like, well, let me just print up a business card and take out my fanny pack and go to this guy's front door and sell him on a, a car detailing service that didn't exist a half hour ago. But um, but now I can I can play with this guy's car. And that turned into like cleaning deck furniture in the back of his house or spring cleaning the garage or, you know, doing our mulch for, for our other neighbor. And so it was always just this like collecting experiences, scrap, being scrappy, making money. And, and, uh, that was really the foundation. It's funny. I, I actually have never heard the original car wash story, had no idea that that was a thing. I, like at, the <laughs> earliest memory that I have is, is, is back to Charlotte and just think, you know, remembering you like walking door to door in the neighborhood and like with, with cleaning supplies, trying to like clean people's houses too. Well, it's, it's funny because so I, I've, I've had diabetes for 25 
five years, type one diabetes. So when I was a kid, I used to do the juvenile diabetes walk and I'd walk door to door collecting donations and people would be writing me checks for $25 or $50. And, and I got comfortable going door to door and asking for money. And so it was almost easier to be like, Hey, you know, that $50 you gave me last month for the, the diabetes thing. Well, can you give me five bucks to wash your car? Like that felt like an easier ask. So I think it conditioned me to, to be okay doing that. The, uh, the cleaning service, I don't know if you remember this, Jonathan, but we had this, uh, the neighborhood we lived in, there was, you know, it was like a modest, nice neighborhood, but there was this house that was like a monstrosity that they had just built addition upon addition. And it was this huge house. And I remember always driving by it thinking, I wonder what it looks like on the inside. That's where the cleaning business came from. Like any excuse to go up to their door and say, can I dust your piano, um, you know, to get inside the house. Um, to, to me, entrepreneurship was like just a, a, an unlock to uh, an all access pass to the world. <laughs> that's, that's true. I think that I, I definitely learned that from you growing up is, is the way that you kind of <clears throat> approached like, all right, I want this. So what do I have to do to get that? And I, that's how I started to like with the video company, um, you know, through high school started thinking like, well, what, you know, how many, how many do I have to sell at this event? How many DVDs do we have to sell at this event? So that like you know, you can buy a ticket to go see your girlfriend in Florida and I can buy new shoes or like the latest Tony Hawk video game or something. It was always just like, what do we have to do to get the next thing? Right. It was, it's the same thing from like the trading Ninja Turtles for car washes. It was never really about the money. It was more about, you know, I want this. How do I get it? Yeah. And I also think that there's something there too. And it's it almost like it was innate in you, Chris, which is pretty, I think, rare, but like that you're not asking other people to just get it for you and do the work for you, which I think is sometimes a, a quality that people bring with them into their adulthood. If they're too, you know, sheltered or, or taken care of, you kind of just went for it yourself, which again, not about the money, but that kind of like work ethic is just invaluable. I'm definitely. But I think it's also like an Achilles heel around delegation. We, I'm sure we can talk more about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. love I would love to hear your thoughts on delegation because Jonathan and I have labored over this t- conversation personally <laughs> for a very long time. Um, it's, well, a, it's a constant struggle for me. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, what's your approach now, Chris, when you're obviously leading a, a company that's really fast growing? Um, you know, you've had some success in the past, obviously, as well. So, like, what is your opinion or or thought process when you're thinking about delegation now? Well, since you guys are so well versed in s- outdoor sports, let me tell you a snowboarding story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, the only time I've ever snowboarded was in Breckenridge, Colorado. And I went out for a trip with my cousins and we rented this house and I I decided I was going to learn to snowboard. So I had this rental board and I went up the mountain and as I'm going down the mountain, you know, never having done this before, I'm just trying to stand up and the pace starts to pick up and starts to go a little faster and a little faster. And if you've ever been in that you know, situation where you're going too fast that you're like, I can't even move a muscle or I will 1000% eat it. Like I will totally <laughs> fall right now. You you probably know that feeling. I feel like that's what the, the struggle with delegation is. Like most of the time you're moving down the mountain at a pace that you can still carve and control what you're doing. And you're like, I got this. I'm all on my own. I can do it. But when you're scaling at a certain speed or your business is growing at a certain pace and you've got more work than you could ever possibly handle, 
you either have to just like, you know, stop dead in your path and say, no more work, please. My business will never grow anymore and I will not delegate. Or you have to just get comfortable going way too fast down the mountain and realize that you can't do it all. And so I think that's what happened with Trainual is the the speed that we were growing and getting new customers just made it impossible to hold on to everything. And so through that process, we've brought in other leaders and people that are more experienced in certain areas. And, and you know, whether it's on our marketing team or people with, you know, customer success or people on the product team that just they can own certain pieces of the business. And then it's not about me trying to grip tightly to those areas of the business and delegate task by task. Here's what to do today. It's more about delegating a, a responsibility. Like here's the area of the company I need you to own. And here's where we're trying to get to. And I trust you from point A to point B. And so that's been the, the evolution, I guess, but it's a really hard path when, uh, when you feel like you want to do everything because you're good at, at what you're doing, you know? Yeah. And your name's, I mean, wholly attached to what you're doing too, right? I mean, there's a, a level of, it's, it's not really ego as much, but it's just, it's, it's a matter of like, you, you want anything attached to your name to be good, right? Like that's the nature of being hardworking, being an entrepreneur. So there, I imagine there's a level of that too, where it's like, oh God, I have to like really think about if I trust this person or these people to like uh, uh, uphold my name in a, in a name of a company that I'm like fully building. You know what I mean? I, I just feel like there's that like kind of personal piece to it too, where it, it's a little bit tied to your identity almost. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a, a give and take because on one hand you want everything to be perfect because it is so tied to your identity. But on the other hand, perfection doesn't really scale that well. You know, you've yeah. got to you've got to be OK with just the edges being a little messy while you're figuring out the base of what's driving the business forward. And it's a tough thing because, you know, if 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 I was just doing everything and like forever in my life, I was selling lemonade at my little lemonade stand like I would be 100 percent perfect. It would just be so dialed in. But like when you are trying to scale a business and you can't do everything anymore, you've got to leave some some room for people to make mistakes and learn and just know that of even of our thousands and thousands of companies, like someone's going to have a bad experience and we just have to learn from that and not be aggravated by it. See, I'm I'm realizing maybe for the first time right now that the like you had a leg up, <laughs> you had a leg up in in like growing up and honing this skill because you had a little brother to delegate stuff to. And no, <laughs> nobody, nobody was under me. So I had to get comfortable taking everything on and producing at a high level and like just getting comfortable going a thousand miles per hour down the mountain. Oh my gosh. Well, that there it is. Such everyone. a good realization. There wow. Now we know why Jonathan is the way he is. So that's <laughs> wow. We're really learning real time here. Damn it. Parents so if you want to be good at kid. delegation. I know if you want to be good at delegation, encourage your parents to have more children. That's <laughs> I think the, the core lesson here. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review or share it with anyone in your network that you think could use this information. If you want to connect with me personally, please text me 480-531-8411 or connect with me anywhere on social at Chris Ronzio. Or you can connect with Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. See you next time.